This is Flyperbole with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. Today's Flyperbole brought to you by Esha Sketch, a service where former Flyers goaltender Robert Esch will break into your home and sketch you while you're sleeping. Craig, I know you're excited for HBO Max. I know you're like you're staying up at night thinking, man, when will the HBO Max factory be here? When can I enjoy all of that tent? Because everybody knows what HBO Max is. They embrace it. This was something <laughs> it came up in the Slack the other day. Uh we were talking, Jason and I were talking about, and I think Kelly was involved with this too. Like, what exactly is HBO Max? Why is it different from HBO? To my impression, it basically seems like they were like, well, Warner Brothers and AT&T would really like a Disney Plus. Let's also throw all the HBO stuff on there. So it's going to it's DC Comics. It's HBO. It's Friends and the Big Bang Theory. And yeah, it's it's weird. I, I saw one ad for it and I looked like a bunch of stuff that was on HBO and I kept seeing like clips of Friends. I was like, wait a minute. And then I, it closed with the Big Bang Theory, so I figured that was, uh, yeah, I didn't know what the difference between that and HBO Go was, but uh, good for them. I don't know. Good I'm excited. I haven't. Another, I mean, I haven't slept for days over it. So another streaming gonna... service to dump all my money into. Yeah, spent exactly a lot of money on yeah. what I wanted. Yeah. Uh, what I was going to say though, they you know they released the news that the the Snyder cut, the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League was going to hit HBO Max in a year, which is very timely and needed we need a director's cut of a crappy movie by a crappy director that's exactly <laughs> what people were asking for yeah yeah that's what the people want personally i was hoping for the ed snyder cut the ed snyder <laughs> cut of justice league being where all of the justice league cares more about this they wear matching uniforms they uh-huh. really display a lot of heart and grit and they care more about the symbol on the front of their matching uniforms than the cape on the back and they uh, they they keep saying they don't need a fresh perspective, uh, and they all hate the penguins. That seems to be the Ed Snyder cut. And of course, they fight Russians at the end of the film. Of course, yeah. There's no other way to end it. That's the only way to do it. They drive the Soviet army away, and that's the end of the Ed Snyder cut of Justice League. <laughs> I will. Say, so HBO so I'm just Go. trying to say HBO Max released the Ed Snyder cut. Oh HBO, yeah. I mean, we're all we're all asking for. It. We need something else that could be a fuck by itself. Once they finally re- release that, the yeah, Snyder cut. Could, I, I, w- I wanted to ask you since uh, my brother asked me yesterday, what are the seasons of The Simpsons to avoid? What are the ones not to watch? Like, what are the ones you should be honing in on? Honing in on. You should be honing in when you're watching The Simpsons. You should be honing in on seasons. I would say two through nine are good, and ten's even watchable uh, to a degree. Ten's ten's all right. But like two through nine are are pretty golden. Like there's a lot of great, great stuff in there. And right. if you really want to hone in three through eight, fantastic. Okay. Uh, yeah. Again, and then it's very, very hit and miss after that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they only did like one or two seasons after 10, right? They're not still going on. <laughs> Literally 30th season, I believe, is what they're on. <laughs> That's fucking insane. 
I didn't know. Good work uh, if you can get sunny. it. It's always sunny's on season fourteen. Yeah, but the like, thing is, with yeah, always sunny, is it's on season fourteen, but they're like I think ten to thirteen episode seasons, something oh, like that. Oh, so it's not right Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like the Simpsons, the they're they've been cranking out like twenty two episode seasons for thirty years. That is just bonkers. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. And like it's it's really respectable that Sunny has kept it running uh, all this time with even with like thirteen episode seasons. Oh yeah, no, even yeah. It's just insane to think about how many episodes per season television used to have and certain network shows still have. Like, it's even when you think about like early seasons of like 30 Rock, for instance, you were like, you just go back and you're like, oh, there's actually 22 episodes a season of the show. Yeah, it is insane. Like, nobody, yeah, I feel like nobody writes at that pace anymore. Or they don't put out that many episodes in a season yeah, anymore. Okay. Well, I think what they realize what is it just dilutes the quality so much and just is not. Yeah. Now, you know, it, it, maybe you get a better show with more impact, and it's a little cheaper. Uh, you don't have to pay. But, oh, you know, so at the same time, gotta go for that syndication. I think the other thing is syndication isn't the big deal. It used to be, like, every show used to really go for that 100-episode mark to be syndicated. And I think they still do to a degree, but because people aren't watching cable as much, it doesn't really... The syndication rights aren't as big a deal. I guess the streaming rights, I don't know if they really yeah, depend I as think... much on that stuff. Yeah, I feel like that would make sense. All of it's got to be focused on streaming now. So, but, uh, yeah. I mean, what streaming you... services. Yeah, that's yeah. all you got to do. Just all the money you spent on cable, just move that all over to 15 different streaming services. And then we'll tell ourselves that we're saving money somehow. So it'll be nice. Well, <laughs> but I, I don't have add... cable. I have 16 streaming services. But <laughs> if you share the password from half of those with somebody else, then you're, you're, you're saving some money. Yeah. yeah. Bang for your buck. I, so, I mean, what are you, I, finished the sopranos like two weeks ago and i haven't started anything else up yet i think i'm gonna i think i gotta do the wire what did um, you think of the sopranos i loved it uh, i thought it was really good i it's not my favorite show but i think i think my favorite show ever is still breaking bad again i don't watch a ton of shows but the sopranos was really good uh the only thing for me was i unfortunately already knew the ending but i think it was better that i knew the ending because it wasn't wasn't that great and it made more sense like it, it, it i it's guess very it's very jarring if you don't expect it like yeah you, so many people like check to see if their tv went out and... yeah 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 yeah. i remember it being a big thing like i remember everybody talking about it and like a lot of people just didn't like the ending but i think i it made sense with the flow of the story and like where the and how the story was going but i i just i i thought tony Soprano was a really good character i loved Polly walnuts uh Polly walnuts my favorite character at the end yeah of the day. He's, he's amazing that yeah and uh no it was, it was really good and i it's one of those things too it's um like it was it was good to watch now like like going through all the episodes and binging them now and like even just at the end of an episode being like anxious or excited to see what was going to happen in the next episode so like in real time, back when I was on TV, I couldn't imagine how much everybody, like how exciting it must have been, like waiting a week to see what would happen with what was going on. But it was, uh, it was, uh, it was pretty good. Well, like... Also, back in the day, like there wasn't anything else like this on TV, which is why this was oh, yeah. such a big deal. And the fact that it still holds up is, is one of the best shows, even yeah. with all the options out there, is uh, pretty remarkable. Yeah, great show. I'm a huge Polly Walnuts fan. I think my favorite thing is when he has the he saves the painting of Tony and then it's driving him insane. <laughs> and he changes it to like the captain outfit. He goes and gets uh, the captain outfit painted on it. Yeah, that was uh that was pretty funny. Uh but I just 
I, I also just like the uh, just the irony of how he feels with going to therapy and then his actions throughout the day. And I don't know. There's a lot. It was it was really good writing. I enjoyed the writing. So. And you just ate good, cold good cuts show. the entire time. Yeah, I just ate cold cuts, and then I was just uh, I would just yell calm at people. Calm, just... uh, cold cuts. Oh, calm, come on. Yeah, it was it was great. It was a good show. Uh, I got yeah. nothing. I, yeah, great show. I, I so it, it, you mentioned the wire, and I actually just finished literally maybe an hour before recording this. I finished I a rewatch have. of the wire, and uh, my second time through, and it is still uh, a phenomenal show. It. It's a heartbreaker, though, at the end of the day. Like, The Sopranos, you kind of, you have expectations for the characters, you know, being bad guys and thugs. And, you know, a lot of guys really deserving their fates at the end of the day, even though Mm -hmm. they do really do a good job of making people more sympathetic than they really should be. Um, Yeah. The Wire is such a complicated, like, you kind of feel the full range of emotions for every character, (laughs) except for, you know, certain guys who, you know, there's only one way to feel about them, but they, it it paints everybody in such complicated lights and it is just such an interesting, interesting show. Uh, It is definitely something to, to take in. And especially if you have the time right now and there's not much else on. So uh, it's a great time to, to go and view that. But there, there were a couple of things that were just like, I was frustrated by them the first time just because of the not not frustrated by the story, mind you, but just like the administrative stuff, because, you know, slight wire spoiler. A lot of it's just about all the bureaucratic and administrative bullshit that a lot of people have to go through and how frustrating that can be. So that stuff was just so incredibly frustrating the second time through. And like I knew it was coming and I was still like it still broke my heart. And there are just certain things that are just so depressing and sad, but it's so well done. I that that's a good point. Uh, going back to uh, they did a really good job in The Sopranos of making you kind of feel bad for Tony Soprano for a bit, like kind of making him feel like he was hopeless, even though he's a fucking mob boss. Like you know, he was born into this life. His dad did it, and he watched all his dad do all this stuff, and then he went into the same life, and he doesn't really see his like way, like the ways to get out of it or see what's wrong with it. So I thought. Yeah, that's a good point. I, the Wire, I know, is amazing, and I have no, I have no idea about that ending, but uh, I know it's supposed to really kind of give a pretty good picture of everything you just talked about with uh, the law and everything. So I, I, I do want to check it out, and also I feel like I should probably watch it because it's based in Baltimore. So I oh, kinda, that's true. I forgot yeah, you're Maryland boy. Yeah, Maryland boy. Yeah, twenty minutes grew up twenty minutes outside of Baltimore, so I should probably check it out. <laughs> Gonna <laughs> but, sing some "Thank God I'm a Country Boy" for us right now. Uh, no, I've heard enough of that at Orioles games my entire fucking life. That's the seventh inning stretch song, and I was tired of it when I was in first grade. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, thank yeah, God, so that... country boy. No, thank you. I'm good. <laughs> um, yeah, so d- definitely check that out. And uh, I think I'm going to. I think my next. So I never finished Deadwood yeah, the first up. time. So I think I'm gonna watch the beginning and like up to the point I. I was on Deadwood previously, and then uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish it out. So Deadwood, I think, is next right. on the list for me. All right, I'm probably I think I'm just gonna follow. I'm just following behind uh, behind you guys. I'm just gonna do the wire next behind Dio and Ian because Ian just watched the wire too. <laughs> so <laughs> I think Bill like, did too. Yeah. Oh shit, did he? Okay, yeah. So I'm just gonna be following everybody else. God damn, I gotta keep up with you guys. I gotta pick out one that you guys are starting up soon. Then we can chit chat about it and not be as bored during all this maybe we pass some of this time you know 
Well, should we pick a show together, Craig? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, good. Oh, that's that's too much somehow for Craig Forsyth. It's too that's much. the first it's time just, on the show yeah, that something's been too much for Craig Forsyth. <laughs> Amazing. No, I, I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to spending time watching with you and talking about, and that would be the resuming of the NHL season. Oh, and, wow. uh, look at that segue. And apparently... It's picking up steam towards a 24-team playoff uh, system, and uh, they a little bit of inside baseball. We were recording this at like 7:30, 8 o'clock uh, tonight, Thursday. So, and they were talking about the apparently the league has sent a proposal to the NHLPA. I think that was according to LeBron. Um, yeah, according to LeBron, things continue to get closer on a return to play format. Still not done, however. My sense is the league now waiting to hear back from the NHLPA on latest 2014 format tweaks. Expectation is those sides will chat again on this today or tomorrow. That was earlier today. I didn't see any updates before we started recording, so I'm assuming we'll find out more tomorrow. But in a way, uh, the 2014 playoff format could be good for the Flyers. And here is why. Uh, the top four seeds on each in each conference would get a first-round bye. And the top four seeds in the East are Boston, Tampa Bay, Washington, and Philly. So the Flyers would get a first-round bye. And the way they would do the playoffs would be first series would be the best of five, and then the next three would be best of seven. Uh, and it looks like... Again, it would be the uh, the Flyers are going to buy in the East, and then in the West, St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, and Dallas would have the the buys in the first round. And the Flyers, if they went through with this and they ended up getting a first round buy, they would face the winner of the five versus twelve series in the uh, proposed uh, format, and uh, five versus twelve would be Pittsburgh against Montreal. So either way, I mean, it would be they would get a series against the Penguins after they got to sit around for a little bit or they would have the danger of facing a well-rested Carey Price. And, I mean, to me, that's the scariest thing right now, looking at these playoffs. It's just uh, a Carey Price. Price who, for the last, yeah, just the last couple of months, he's been getting in catnips, catnips, uh, catnips daily. And he's, he's getting all that catnip? energy up. And he's been, <laughs> yeah, that's news. a that Carey too. Price addicted that, to catnip. He is high he's on the nip. Thir- 13 hours a night. So he's ready. He's ready to go. Uh, he's not going to let a single puck in. And uh, that's... That's, I mean, that's never mind that like, Montreal is basically just a, uh, what is it, Shea Weber? They got Max Domi. Uh, yeah, Brendan Gallagher, Thomas Brendan Tatar. Gallagher, is that, all he does is score goals. Yeah. Tatar is fine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> They're all great. I mean, this they don't scare a... me. They don't scare me at all. People no. keep talking about how no. scary Carrie Price. You know what? Screw him. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I have I been, I'm not scared of Carrie Price because it's not 2015. That's why it's not 2014-15, so I'm not really too scared about the. I mean, I think he had a fine season, but I'm not. It's. I think Carey Price not, is good, yeah. but I don't think he is the world beater that he yeah. once was. Where <laughs> I'm, he I'm is like, my pants. Yeah, it's like, oh, Carey Price. Like, I, yeah, I think the Flyers can take the Habs. It's just, yeah, if there's a hot Carey Price, yeah, that's obviously going to be a, a huge disadvantage, but it's not the only factor. Yeah. No. Exactly. No. Yeah. It is. Uh, and I, I mean, I would still expect the, the Penguins to beat them. Uh, but so it sounds like on top of the so the way it worked out would be five versus 12, which in the east is uh, the Pens against the Canadians. In the west, five versus 12 would be the Oilers against Blackhawks. 
Then six and 11, uh, six in the East is Carolina, 11 is the Rangers, uh, seven versus 10, which would be the Islanders against the Panthers, and then eight versus nine, which would be the Maple Leafs against the Blue Jackets. Uh, out in the West, it would be uh, six versus 11 would be the Preds against the Coyotes, seven versus 10 would be the Canucks against the Wild, and then eight versus nine would be the Flames against the Jets. It actually could be a, a pretty good series, but apparently those, the teams that don't have buys would jump into the playoff series. They would jump into their best of five playoff series. Uh, and it looks like the top four seeds would play three games to determine the ranks of the seeds, I think is what I saw somewhere. I don't know. But, oh, I mean, good. there's still I, – I saw something about I playing mean, a couple games. I'm okay with that, though, because, like, I, my biggest concern as a Flyers fan would be whoever comes out of that Habs-Penn series is going to, you know, at least have some playing time and – start to you know it could be on a roll coming in and the flyers could be ice cold that is that i was gonna make that point too that is my biggest thing because i've watched too much football and the mlb it happens once in a while with the mlb too where a team will just cruise through a series and then they sit around for five or six days and the other team that just got out of a seven game series is coming in hot and they kind of take advantage early in the series so that's the only thing i'm paranoid about right now if they go through with this and the flyers do get a first round by is like the penguins and canadians Duke it out for five games, and then they played two days after that game five for the Penguins, and the Flyers were sitting around for like eight days. So that's the only thing I'm worried about right now. But still sounds like a lot has to happen between, you know, that actually happening and where we are right now. Uh, and I'm trying to look at what else was uh, looking at hub cities and everything. The uh, In terms of hub cities, it looks like Vegas is going to be a place that they will play games, or if they do continue season, that will be a place that they play games. Uh, There's a lot of talk about uh, Vegas and Orlando for the NBA, and then the NBA honed in Orlando, and that kind of indicates that the NHL should see a lot of the the same things that the NBA saw, and they should go to uh, be looking at Vegas. Um, Both make a lot of sense for each league. I mean, mm -hmm. the NBA's got, they already have the magic with the presence in Orlando, and they can stay at the Disney resorts and that really helps. And then I, what I read with the NHL and Vegas is that they essentially could just book an entire hotel for NHL players and they could isolate them there. And the, the other thing with both Vegas and Orlando is that you have uh, just a ton of like food restaurant amenities that you can, you can kind of isolate and you can isolate people there and everything uh, like as yeah. far as employees, like I'm not talking about trapping employees in with these athletes, which is <laughs> a true nightmare, but you know, rather that you, you have like a, a certain dedicated staff that's kind of dealing with these people day in, day out to try and limit the spread of, uh, of COVID in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Um, no, no, that's a really good point. Uh, and also I, having I... those options available to the athletes so that they're, a, not yep. eating the same thing every day, although oh I'm sure God. a lot of these yeah. guys just eat, like, chicken and brown rice or just pasta most days. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, it could be a little, I mean, it's going to be it's gonna be a whole metal thing for them, too, because they're going to have to go away from family and everybody and probably will end up eating the same kind of shit all the time. But yeah. that's and also, uh, the... I mean, oh, sorry, I, I had one other thing I was going to say with that. Is, oh, yeah, it's yeah, also right. the, the gym facility uh, question. Like, it, you know, I'm sure in Vegas they have... Uh, especially in the hotels, they have a, a lot of gym options for, for these That's athletes. a good point. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh, the, the only thing I was going to say was what I said to you uh, before the show, too, was the problem that the NHL is going to run to with the NBA is I think the NBA can just have one hub city. I think they'll get by with one hub city because the NBA is a lot 
easier to take care of the playing surface. NBA court, you just need to kind of wipe it down, and then you can keep doing the games. Like this is this is just going to be a professional version of March Madness. I think they could pull off, and I don't think there'd be any issues. The NHL, if you have one rink to work with, I don't know if you can play four, five, six. Like I, I don't know if you can play that many games a day. I don't know how many games you could physically play in a day and actually maintain the ice, especially in a city like Vegas too. Uh, but so I think if they were to get another city and it seems like a lot of steam's going towards Edmonton, it seems like Edmonton's about to make a big pitch about how they should be a hub city as well. If they have two cities, I think that might actually be enough. And then they can do, it'll be long days at both hub, but I think you could actually pull it all off. I, I know they were talking about four and I think they got it down to eight or nine cities earlier in the week, but uh, I I think Vegas and Edmonton would probably be would be two down. I, I think they, those two make sense. And Edmonton too is you don't have to worry about the NBA possibly looking at that city, and it should be isolated enough. And they should. I, I mean, Man, I don't know too much about that. But... Imagine drawing the short straw and having your team go to Edmonton instead of Vegas. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. It's not even a thing, too, of, like, there. It's there's not one in the East and one in the West. They're both Western Conference teams, so so they might shake it up, and some teams might just get might get screwed and just go to Edmonton. It's going to be... But, I mean, you know, Edmonton in the summer, that's like breaking... It's like a, it's a nice spring day in another city you don't want to be in, I would say, right? Like, that's... <laughs> it's, not the, it's not like they're going there in the middle of November or December, you know, in the middle of when you'd be freezing your ass off. This is just like a... It's like a mediocre spring day anywhere else, I imagine, is what uh, Edmonton in like July or August would look like. But that's uh, that is the news. That and uh, LeBron says that player tracking, which was supposed to be rolled out for the playoffs, looks like it will be shelved until next season. Which is, well, the grand scheme of things, not really that important right now. But it is, it is news. Uh, news. So that is, it is news, and that's pretty much. So the big deal is the 2014 playoff format. It sounds like that's going to be the way they will go about it. Um, and a couple players have already come out and talked about it. DeShane says he doesn't want a COVID cup. Uh, you do, he says, quote, you don't want to have to have a COVID cup. I'm worried that if we force this thing and try and it's a little gimmicky or it's not quite right, whoever wins the cup is going to have people trying to take it away from them their whole lives. DeShane's not deserve that. He shouldn't be concerned. <laughs> I feel very passionately about this part of things. I think it's sacrilegious. Boy, uh, if we That's don't appreciate... Word what previous winners did and make it as big a challenge and have as much integrity as possible for going forward. I know guys are going to want this to mean something. If we do come back, I think that's a fair stance, but I don't know about, uh, I've, man, think I don't about know how, how bad players. Cam Ward thinks about, or not Cam Ward, but who, who won the cup, the, uh, the shortened season, uh, a few years back. 20, uh, 2013. Yeah. That was the Hawks. That was, Man, I'm that was sure they Hawks. all really regret that Stanley Cup championship. Yeah, we never hear about uh, we never hear about two goals in 17 seconds. Nobody's ever talked about that since uh, it's been handed out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that season was yeah that season was annoying for me because that was when I was living with my buddy from Chicago, Did and then the Hawks like, won. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> like that song. Yeah, that. It was that, uh, and that was this year they started off, oh my god, I think they didn't lose in regulation their first 23 games of the season, which again, that year, they only played 48, so that was kind of nuts. But it pissed me off because they kept referring to it as an unbeaten streak, but they had three losses in overtime, or uh, three losses in the shootout, so I was kind of like, they lost, so they were beaten, it's not an unbeaten streak. I know that's like a loophole, but that's the whole reason why the Flyers record is not going to be beaten, because... 
there's no ties anymore, so they were able to just win 25 and tie 10. Like, it's just it's one of those records that can be broken, and people were trying to hype up the Hawks that year because, I mean, they were nuts. But anyway, long story short, we're still talking about that short season, so I think if they do come back and have a cup, nobody's going to fucking care about the... I think I'm going to be annoyed because I know some team like the fucking Rangers or Penguins is going to win. And then they're going to be able to talk about that forever. I'm going to be like, well, you know, you remember the whole thing about that postseason, right? And it won't matter because that's how they won. But that's uh, anyway, Matt Duchesne and John Carlson also came out and said uh, 24 teams sounds like a lot. So there seems to be a little bit of pushback from some of the players. I don't know. Again, I don't know if some players just want to get back out there and into it or if a lot of them are kind of hesitant because of, you know, possibly contracting that coronavirus. I don't know. I really couldn't tell you. But it sounds like they're starting to get some of the groundwork done and there's actually some sort of vision for finishing out the season. And uh, yet no timeline, I think, on when everybody would actually start practicing and when the season would actually start up again. But... It, they're actually talking about proposed plans now, which is a, a pretty big step. So, and you know, I'm, is, I'm always uh, conflicted on this because obviously I want them to do it the safest way possible. And that, you know, yep. we, we the number one goal is we don't want to keep COVID from spreading. However, the very selfish part of me really wants to see the NHL playoffs. And I really want this to happen from an entertainment standpoint. Oh man. I mean, it would yeah. be, it's going to be a blast. Like if it happens and it happens safely, like it just wall to wall hockey, that, that tournament feel that Olympic feel and guys are going to be very well rested. Although they, you know, it might take a few games to take that rust off, but yeah. it could be a lot of fun from an entertainment standpoint. But again, the COVID issue is the much bigger deal in the long run. And got to make sure we're doing it right and safe and healthy for everybody more than anything i agree i uh, yeah exactly i'm of two minds and uh the thing that keeps coming to me for the why i'm kind of hesitant for them to jump right back into it is i think it was the bundesliga it was some soccer league over in europe i think it was the bundesliga started doing uh germans top league to start practicing earlier in the week like opened the practice back up the teams and then the next day they did testing and six players like tested positive for coronavirus and you know you don't know if you got it during that practice or if they had it you know within the two weeks or whatever but i that would scare me a little bit if i was a player and the league was talking about getting back and going and everything but like you said as a fan sitting at home and you're not able to go out at night or really do half or almost any of the things you want to do watching four or five playoff games in a single day sounds pretty fucking good like a march madness style NHL postseason sounds amazing to me. It sounds and phenomenal. I really want to. It sounds well, like again, I don't need it at the expense of like, you know, anybody's help, like kids, that, and yeah, like anybody, you know, like you know, these players are, have families and everything. I don't want. I don't need them to push people out into this and possibly get it and suffer lifelong effects from it. But you know, it, it, my biggest concern, also, I mean, not my biggest concern, but. It's, it is concerning that I haven't heard... I don't think I've heard any players really come out in favor of it yet. I That and is it, true. It, it kind of feels like at least the vibe we've gotten from the guys who have been outspoken is it, it kind of feels like we're dragging them into a kick and it's screaming. I, I was going to say, that is true. Because you know if one player was like, I just want the cup, that will be beaten over our heads with the people that think like, you know, this isn't a big deal or whatever. So I don't think anybody has come out and said something to that effect of... Like, I don't care if I got to play through 
coronavirus or snow or hell on earth. I'm going to win that cup. You know, some kind of bullshit like that. Well, LeBron's not out there going for the cup. And <laughs> I'll tell you that. Yeah. Coronavirus. Yeah, that's you. right. <laughs> it's always good. Yeah, it's, it's always LeBron. Remember. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the because usually the people that make those arguments, that's the only player they know. Yeah, is fucking LeBron. So yeah, fucking dumbest argument out there. <laughs> There's only one eye in coronavirus or some bullshit. Think of that. No eye in team. So LeBron. Sorry, I just thought about our <laughs> Stephen A. Smith yelling at Pierre LeBron the other day. Oh my god. Mario Chalmers. Okay, so that's uh, that's the news regarding the coronavirus, uh, and that's about it for the news regarding the uh, coronavirus. Uh, again, we'll probably know more tomorrow, uh, and we will definitely talk about it on next week's ep. But uh, it sounds sounds decent. I really, you know, I got to question the uh, Carlson brought up. Uh, Carlson talked with Mike Tirico, you know, your go to source for uh, hockey info on uh, NBCS uh, on NBCSN. And he said the thing that I was kind of talking about uh, the last couple of weeks of like the fuck, like if you're on the Red Wings or a team that's got like or they wouldn't even be involved in this anymore. But there are some teams that are just going to be like like the Canadians to some extent. I don't know. Like some of these teams got to really wonder if they can have a chance in the postseason. I'm sure every single team is going to want to take it now that I'm saying it. I don't think any team is going to pass up a playoff bid, but oh God, also getting Chicago into the playoffs. Like this is definitely just, they want to make sure they're still going to make all the money that they've That's lost. They like, a lot of games. Yeah. Like they, cause you're getting Chicago in there. You got both the New York teams in there. Uh, a couple more Canadian teams. Uh, so like, it's just, yeah. Here's, but, a uh, Here's a really dumb question. By yeah. dumb, I mean, I'm not dumb for asking it, but, like, the nature of it is very dumb. I like it. I like it. So, they're obviously going to have a home and an away team, but are they going to play both teams' goal songs? <laughs> <laughs> like, or are they just going to play, be... like, the quote-unquote home team's goal song? And then, like, it's going to be a weird experience. And this is the kind of stuff I'm thinking about. Like, and it's all because I was thinking about the dumb Blackhawks, uh, the Chelsea Dagger. (laughs) But, like, if Chicago is the home team, will you have to hear that bullshit, but not hear, let's say the Ducks were involved, not hear bro him? Yeah. No, I I hear what you're saying. Mike, I think my thought process. I've just, by the way, stated all the goal songs up now. (laughs) <laughs> i think with that i don't even know what the fucking flowers one is i know what it sounds like and i don't i know i don't like it, it. Is, I don't no, it's just generic it. to me i i don't I hate it i don't like it it's just generic i haven't cared since mups like ever since they let mdz start choosing the songs i've kind of been out on flowers gold songs so but i think <sighs> going off guys whoop there it is there's a petition yeah, with hundreds of signatures from many many years ago out there whoop you, there it is mighty Ups big Two free style. come on your big this. free agent signing references the song like 10 times. Has already mentioned it 10 times this year, too. When he's Can you imagine out, he's, how like, nuts Kevin Hayes would go if Sean Couturier scored <laughs> and they played Whoop, There It Is? Like, he would oh, like, wait, maybe, wait, he'd wait, probably wait. tear That's off maybe... his shirt and just be like, yeah, brother! <laughs> <laughs> That's the, maybe that's the... That's the uh, that's the way we can get it. That's the compromise. Is we don't need it for everybody, but if Sean Gatoria scores, just play that song. That's how we get in the building. Or Kevin, and Hayes. then Let's other players will want it, and then that's how we get it to be the team song. So maybe we just got to angle angle like selling Hayes on Katoria using it as goal song. I think Hayes is and sold. Then, yeah, 
No, yeah, I think. Well, I mean, not we haven't mentioned it to him yet. As soon as we do, he's gonna love it, and right. then we can get yeah. So well, we just we, go. <laughs> I'm good friends with Gritty, and Gritty's good friends know, with Hayes. So I'll talk to Gritty, and he'll talk to Hayes, and it's all sorted out. <laughs> I okay, so. If we could be serious here, though, Steve, this is a fucking hockey podcast. Let's focus. It's a serious uh, fucking podcast. Yeah, thank you. Uh, the goal songs. So mainly, you play the goal song for the fans too, right? You would think. And, like, and there's not going to be fans there, so it's going to be. But they're, they're going to play gonna music. Go, they're going to do that. Yeah, no, it's going to be weird. It's just going to be weird. Like maybe they'll just have Doc Emmerich like hum all the music. Yeah, <laughs> I would actually you know what. That's what I want now. <laughs> I was gonna say though, like, uh, 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 uh. it's gonna be really like. I feel like that would take away a little bit. Drive from, like, <laughs> the moment, like the moment you win. I, I don't know, like having no crowd noise. The moment a team wins the Stanley Cup is gonna be. I feel like that would take away from a little bit. Like Just that's put not virtual a... fans in there on iPads, and they can all yell, and that will be the same thing. It'll be the that there won't be anything weird about <laughs> Wait, that. I have be... a solution. I have a solution. Just pump the audio from me and Bill Matz yelling at the players. <laughs> like have a live stream of us yelling at everybody, like fans, and that's all you need. Like that's all you just need. pick yeah. the, the loudest fans from from each fan base. <laughs> it's gonna like the Flyers will sound like uh, you and Bill uh, dancing, Shawnee. Uh, sign guy, unfortunately, he's still representative. Uh, and then Flyers Eric, that'll be like the five will send. There you go. And then like the Blues will send John Ham and uh, somebody from Superstore. And then like the Hawks will send uh, Bill Vince Murray Vaughn. and Vince Vaughn. Yeah, when I think Chicago, that's all I think about is Vince Vaughn. That's the yeah. That's I think he's thing. a Chicago guy. <laughs> no, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. No, he's yeah. So that one, uh, Kevin James will be with the Islanders, obviously. You know a lot about Kevin James. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So you, I mean, you are actually the king of queens. Thank you, thank you. I know that's what. I, yeah, I do. Uh, it's a good show. It's a good show. I've been watching it in a while uh, with the sound on. I shouldn't say I did watch it when we were recording. I think like two weeks ago because <laughs> it was on some fucking channel. But uh, it's a good oh, show. God, I, I might. You know what? I might watch TVs. through that. I might. I might watch through that. Uh, Instead of the wire next, I'll just watch King Queens. Oh, <laughs> oh my God! You, you watch one of the greatest shows of all time, or The King of Queens? <laughs> yeah, I'll say, you know, I'll sit on it a couple of days. I'll figure it out. I'll sleep on it. I'll, I'll see which one I want to want to watch. So, uh, well, besides the coronavirus, Steve, uh, not a lot to do nowadays uh, in gar- regards to uh, sports, except uh, poll people or ask people a lot of questions about sports that have already happened. So. Uh, Via Puckpedia, which is a uh, pretty much like another cap friendly, it's pretty it's a pretty useful site. Uh, they ran a NHL agent poll, and this is based off they polled twenty five agents who currently have clients in the league. They didn't and, poll people uh, on their favorite agents. Uh, no, they did not. Like, and, I have I all mean, the agents' cards. They should have pulled me. I, I know them so well. <laughs> Do you really? No. <laughs> I, I can't name one sports agent off the top of my head. Actually, I can't. I can't. I don't think I can name a. Uh, I can't name an NHL uh, one. I could probably. I'm, I was name, trying to think. Pep Brisson. Pep Brisson. I think is. Uh, yeah. Pep Brisson. Uh, that's the only one I can really think of. Well, uh, the, the, the guy Drew who's a real, Yeah, Drew Rosenhaus, real son of a bitch. But he, he gets uh, a, he gets then, his payday. Oh my God! Who's the guy? Uh, there's base, uh, the Scott baseball Boris. guy. Yeah, Scott Boris. Yeah. Right. 
Wait, is it? I think that's yeah. I, no, I don't think that's it. Now we gotta look this up now. <laughs> People are screaming at us, and yeah, I'm also like, I'm trying to think of. Uh, oh, it's Peter Scott Boris. Okay, it is Scott Boris. P- Peter Savotas. Uh, I think he was a, uh, Bryce uh, Harper's agent, actually. I think he's. I think he's a lot of the high end. I like think every big like, yeah. yeah. Like, because I remember reading about him like being pretty pumped after the uh, 2018 season or whatever. Because the first he was question, Brendan in Strasbourg's house on Google when you Google him is how much does Scott Boris get paid? Uh, a lot is the answer. Just a lot. He gets paid a ton. He earns a five percent commission on all contracts he negotiates for clients. Good lord, that man is just absolutely loaded. There's no way. Uh, but yeah, a lot of the NHL ones, I, I don't think I've, I. I mean, I feel a. Like they are names that if I heard I would I would remember, but I can't think of anything off the top of my head right now. Besides, I know Pierce. I forget who Peter Sprewitters was too, because uh, he just did one with the Flyers recently. Anyway, that's besides the fucking point. They were polled and they gave us answers for who the toughest GMs were to deal with and all these types of questions. So that is the first one was uh, toughest GM to deal with and earning 33% of the votes uh, was Lou Lamarillo, which really shouldn't be any surprise, I guess, for how much uh, lamestream media likes to talk about how he's the best GM that's ever, you know, walked the earth. So he, yeah. So 33%, uh, Bob Murray, the Ducks GM got 14%. And so did Doug Armstrong, the Blues GM, 14%. Uh, and then David Poyle got 10% in Nashville. Uh, and then Dale Talon, Bobby Clark, Jeff Gordon, Ray Shiro, and Brian Burke all received the vote. So that, that's funny because Bobby Clark and Burke. Clark. Yeah, they're both not like GMs anymore. So uh, they, I guess there wasn't uh, clarity on whether or not you should vote for just current GMs or all GMs ever. So because Bobby Clark shows up in that one. And then when asked to get... Uh, to get a great deal for your client, what GM should you want to deal with most? Uh, I think this is funny. Most of them voted uh, for Kyle Dubas. 29% voted for Kyle Dubas, who apparently is supposed to be a you know, great yeah, so. uh But then Jim Neal, Don Waddell, Bobby Clark again, Jason Botterill, Doug Wilson, um, Lou Lamarillo, Stan Bowman, Peter Shirelli, again, LOL, Jeff Gordon, Dale Talon, Ken Holland, and Garth Snow all earned 6%. So well, there's a couple hot names on there. Uh, first of all, Garth Snow. Uh, looking at uh, Peter Shirelli too. That's another good one. And then Bob Clark. Clark's on two of these answers. Yeah, this is a good poll. (laughs) Bob Clark, I don't think... I think it's been 15 years since he's been a GM? Uh, I I think 14. I mean, still, because he was early 2006, 2007 season. Yeah. Yeah, so... But regardless, it's been a while! Yeah, exactly. It's been a minute. It's been a while! way too long to be brought up in this poll so one guy i mean maybe one guy just wanted to fill bobby clark in for every answer so that's what it was um anyway the group of uh kevin shovel Dayoff, the jets gm brad trey living flame gm ken holland oilers and dale talon uh the panthers all earned 12 percent as the gm agents enjoyed working with the most um and that uh bowman doug wilson jeff gordon uh, Steve Eisman and Dubas all earned 8% of the votes, and Jim Rutherford, Don Sweeney, Joe Sackick, and Botterall each earned a vote. Uh, here's, the, here's the one I wanted to talk about, though, the contracts. So we can talk about some of these contracts going on here. Milan Lucic, who has three more years at $5.25 million a season, earned 19% of the votes for worst contract from a team perspective. Uh, he's got 20 points in 62 games this season, so it's a, it's a pretty good... It's a pretty good contract to point out for this topic, yeah. uh, and it will be his third season under 40 points. You remember when he was like 
decent or like having like 30 goal seasons and was a real asshole in the Bruins and stuff and actually, you know, was a tangible asset for a team and now he's doing whatever the fuck he's doing in Calgary. It's what a, like what a lot a of fall. these power forwards don't really age well. Yeah, they just, you know, a lot of abuse to the body. And then by their early 30s, they're just kind of out of it. Yeah, it's shocking how that happens. But uh, second one is Brent Seabrook, which, uh, I mean, I I think to me that might even be worse. Uh, four more years at $6,875,000 a year uh, earned 14%. And Brent Seabrook, just as a reminder, hasn't been good for years now. Like at least five years he has been good. I remember him being bad during the – the, the the Hawks last cup run in 2015. So he's four more years of that. You're looking at like a decade worth of paying a, a dude over 6 million to be terrible at his job. Uh, again, if you're Seabrook, that's good money if you can get it. But uh, Eric Carlson, seven more years at 11.5 million. Uh, and considering how this year went for the Sharks and him, that's, that's a doozy too. And I wouldn't have that been surprised one, if that earned it. But that one I could see turning around because Carlson is too. very talented and there there is a chance of that one turning around. So I wouldn't judge that one just yet, but it could be real bad. I was gonna say next year if he start if he misses like forty games next year, it could it's gonna it could get real gross real quick. Uh and then the last one seen this coming. You know, it's almost like this guy with chronic ankle injuries is gonna keep yeah, having Mickey. chronic ankle injuries. <laughs> who who the fuck? Uh and then Jeff Skinner, who uh, seven more years at nine million, uh, earned ten percent of the votes. And uh, Jeff Skinner went off two years ago. I believe he had forty goals, had a pretty good season. I won the Flyers to trade for him during his contract year, which would have been last year uh, when he went off, and then not resign him. I just wanted him to have him as a just an offensive piece to kind of help the playoff run if they weren't going to sign John Tavares. And of course, we didn't get either. So. Fuck me, I guess. But anyway, uh, Ryan Suter, five more years to 10.54 mil. Zach Parise, same contract. Bobby Ryan, who has two more years to 10.25. Henrik Lundqvist, one more at 8.5. Man, the Lundqvist at 8.5 for another year. Rangers fans are going to lose their mind with him, I think. Uh, Carl Alter. Yeah, it really is. It is kind of sad for him that he's going out like I this. Don't, I don't care. He tortured I, the fires for years. I, well, I mean, I think it's just he, like, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but guess what? He has I don't destroyed really, the Flyers many times. I, I don't. Yeah. yeah. I don't really. I mean, it's just, it's sad in the sense that like Rangers fans are so dumb because he may be, he's going to go down as one of the best goalies ever. And they're just going to be pissed at him next year because he, because of his contract. Right. There's not really anything. He, he carried there. the team for years, but you know, God. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Uh, so I mean, yeah. I cap space. Screw them. Yeah. Fuck them. Uh, Carl Osner, which was a bad contract that they signed, two more years, four point six two five million. David Clarkson, who I didn't even, yeah, I mean, I had to look up what team he was on. I forgot to get traded to the Leafs again. Uh, final year, final year of his seven-year, thirty-six point seven five million dollar deal. <laughs> God damn! Eternally grateful, as we said on the fuck where Bill Matz was on, that yeah. the Flyers didn't sign that deal because that seemed yeah. like a Paul Holmgren special. Oh yeah. Him and Dave Bolin in the same offseason. That's that's a whole way to go, Toronto. Uh, Sergey Bobrovsky, uh, Bob, six more years. Bobrovsky. And uh, based off this season, yeah. Uh, Carey Price, who, I mean, you know, Sleeping Beauty, uh, six more years at $10.5 million. Uh, Justin Adelcater, three more years at $4.25. Told the Habs that that was not a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> he Well, he's well, he's well rested now. So he's they had to do it. it. Like, they, had, they had to give him 10. <laughs> There's no other way. There's nothing else to could have done. I honestly had no problem with the cap hit. It was the length. 
I thought the length on that for a goalie was. That's that's, that's fine. I can. I mean, that's understandable. Yeah, my stance has always been like he had that phenomenal season, and you weren't gonna not pay him. But I, yeah, the, the term is is pretty painful. Obviously, if you still got fucking six more years. So, um, Justin Advocator, I like this one because he's one of those guys that like the hard, like the gritty, uh, you know, sandpaper fans really love because he's one of those like bottom six fours that sucks. Uh, three more years at four point two five million. So he's earning four point two five million, and these agents are like, "Yeah, that's a fucking terrible deal for the Red Wings." <laughs> like they're like, "Yeah, he's, like they gotta get out of it." Middle of the road cap hit. And yeah, like, nope. low end, low end forward now. And they're like, "No, fuck that." Uh, PK Subban, two more years at nine million. And again, Subban was, you know, somebody we were talking about uh, bringing in last year, and thank God they didn't. Uh, you know, it turns out uh, Chucky Two Trades kind of knows what he's doing. Yeah, nine uh, mil is rough. Uh, yeah, it's rough. How much did McDonald make? What was his yearly cap hit again? It was uh, six years, thirty million. Right. So what's that cap hit wise? That's oh five. That's five. five. So I mean, Applicator's not that far away from McDonald territory. No, 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 he's not. No, he's. Um... I think McDonald. It was a bigger deal because he was such a featured defenseman at times, and it was just painful to watch because he'd be out there yeah. flopping around like a starfish. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it was, and it, it was also just the thing at the time where, like, it was they tra- they gave up a bunch of assets for trade for him, and they didn't really need him, and then they just gave that deal out for no. That was like the last. Uh, I didn't thing. really care about Holmgren the, did. the pick. Like I, I can forgive the picks if the, the deal hadn't been signed for that long. But anyway, we're talking about Abdulkader and I yeah. guess the the cap hit's not the worst, but I guess if he's not really doing anything and taking up four plus, I can see how it's a bad. <laughs> yeah, but that, compared yeah, to some of these true. other ones, like it, most of these other deals are twice that. Yeah. Twice that. And like some of them, like Clarkson, like Clarkson, the Clarkson deal, the Alsner deal, um, and even the Bobrowski one, there was all deals that when they were signed, everybody was like, that's a fucking bad deal. Like, you knew it was not going to live up to anywhere near what the team should have been getting out of it. And, like, Bob is, you know, an argument still be made whether or not you think he's good, but still where he was in his career and what he has shown the last couple seasons and how long seven years at that much of a cap hit is just kind of nuts, especially for where the Panthers were. And like we'll talk about the Panthers coming up here because they have a bunch of good contracts, but that Bobrowski contract is going to kill them because they have a bunch of good young forwards that they don't have any money invested into. And then their defense is getting overpaid and now Bobrowski is making all that money and you're going to lose, you're going to lose a player like Hoffman or like Huberdeau or somebody who needs to get paid and you're just not going to be able to pay them. Yeah. It's a shame. Yeah. It's a real shame. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, they have Alexander Barkov, who's the most underrated player in the NHL. I don't know if you've heard that, but I <laughs> hey, by the way, are we going to do any like uh, revisionist history on if uh, the Flyers make it to the playoffs a bunch of times with AV as coach and Quinville can't get the Panthers to the playoffs? They're going to be able to talk about that, or fans still going to be salty about the whole Quinville thing? He was think? skiing. <laughs> he was busy skiing. That's all. So, uh, looking at team-friendly contracts, though, so swinging in the positive direction, Nathan McKinnon. Three more years to six point three million. Good lord, I—that's a steal right there. Yeah. Uh, earned thirty-three percent of the votes for the most team-friendly contract. And then these, uh, this next one, David Pashanak, three more years to six point six million for scoring like nine hundred goals a season. That's a pretty good deal. That's a—it's a pretty good deal for the Bruins. And of course, the Bruins got 
a couple of those deals because uh, there's another one coming up. Uh, Kelly Yarncrook, which I know sounds like a funny one, but two more years at $2 million, and he has 34 points in 64 games this season. So nothing to sneeze at for a guy that you're pretty much paying nothing. Uh, sure, they each but it's no Sean Couture. received 14% of the votes. No, it's no Sean Couture. And Sean Couture is not on this goddamn list because, again, Sean Couture might legitimately be the most underrated player in the league. Like, Sean Couture <laughs> and, is making, like, what, four two five? What we were just complaining yeah, I, about uh, Abdulkader yeah. making? And Sean Couturier is a number one center. Like, and Sean Couturier, yeah, Sean Couturier should be thought of in the same light, at least as Alexander Barkov, who's on here with a higher cap hit. So to just not even have him on here, again, it's just, it's whatever. Kevin LeBanc, uh, 33 points in 70 games last year, uh, and he's and he made a million earned. 10%, 10% of the votes. Uh, again, he was somebody who had a strong junior career. He's probably going to make some bank with the uh, the Sharks because they yeah, they need a little help. Uh, anyway, the uh, Duncan Keith, three more years at 5.54 million. Uh, at this point in time, I think that's a little interesting to find this on the guys that earned at least a vote because uh, he's kind of he's kind of not quite Duncan Keith anymore. I don't know if that's entirely on him or there's, uh, the support around him on the Blackhawks blue line, but uh, anyway, Mark Shifley, four more years at six point one two five million. Alexander Barkov, two more years at five point nine million. Blake Coleman, one more year at one point eight million. Jonathan Huberto, three more years at five point nine million. Ricard Vakel, three more years at three point eight million. Garland, one more year at seven hundred seventy-five k. He had twenty-two goals in sixty-eight games this year. So that that right there is also a pretty good one to point out uh, some value if you get a twenty-goal scorer out of a guy that's not. Making a million. Uh, Scott Mayfield, three more years at 1.45. Brad Marchand, five more years at 6.125. And Brendan Gallagher, one more year at 3.75 million are the contracts that each earned a vote. Now, going back to the Panthers real quick, Huberto is making under 6 million. Barkoff is making under 6 million. Uh, like, those are two of the high-end like high forwards in the league. And you have them on a budget. And they they're not going to make the playoffs like they or they would make whatever this is going to be. But I mean, like in the real playoffs, they wouldn't have made the playoffs. Uh, so and they're paying Ekblad too much. Uh, they're paying Keith Yandel too much. A lot of money is sunk into their blue line, and they have decent players on the blue line, but it's not anywhere near how much they're giving them annually and how much they have them locked up for. So, uh, but Brandon Gallagher. We were talking about the Canadians. That is a pretty good deal for them. He's making under four, and he scores a gajillion goals from in the blue paint every single season. Uh, Mark Shifley talking about Couturier again. Uh, Couturier's making less money, and I think they're pretty comparable players in terms of value. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's what I got to say about these players, Stephen. Is there anything, uh, any players here you're looking at? I think I agree with a lot of the names on here. Uh, I think that McKinnon deal is really great. I think the Pasternak deal is also really great, but I think Couturier is right up there with those two as one of the best team-friendly contracts. Yeah, it really is insane that I, I just don't understand why he doesn't... At, at one point in time, too, a couple of years ago, the, the ghost one was getting talked about like that, too. That's not the, the case right now, but the Couturier one should really be talked about more. Because I remember it used to be Ryan Ellis used to have a crazy one uh, a couple couple years ago. But anyway, those were some contracts and that was some agent talk. Now we're moving on to a very important news related to the NHL, and that would be the KHL Awards. Uh, I went through this because they came out, I think the 2019 KHL Awards were handed out a couple days ago, but just a lot of familiar names, and I thought it, it, it was funny to me. So 
And one of those names is Vadim Shipachev. You remember him? The guy from last year came over, or two years ago maybe, came over to the Golden Knights, played like seven, eight games, I think, and then had uh, just had his contract terminated. Just wasn't going to happen. Uh, uh, yeah. Ended up being the top scorer in the KHL, 65 points, 17 of which were goals in 61 games at captain of Dynamo Moscow. The top goal scorer was a guy named Kirill Kaprizov, who is a 23-year-old winger. Uh, he's a draft pick of the Wild. He's been, I want to say he's been maybe the best Wild prospect they've had for a while. And the, he's been in the system for a while, and they keep winning. In a world. In a world. Oh, nice. That's a good, I like that switch up. Uh, I think he has one more year left on this deal now, but he is supposed to be, he's supposed to be a big deal. So whenever he comes over, he should, again, Top score in the KHL. He had 33 goals in 57 games this year for CSKA Moscow. Uh, so not nothing to sneeze at. Uh, top scoring D-man, Miko Lettinen, who just signed the deal with the Maple Leafs. Everybody was talking about that a couple weeks ago. Uh, 49 points in 60 games. 17 goals for a defenseman. Not too bad. Uh, the Golden Stick, which is a great name for an MVP. That's MVP a fucking trophy. awesome name. <laughs> that is really, it's awesome. In my I opinion. love uh, it. You win the golden stick? That's amazing. <laughs> Hell Dimitri, yeah. Dimitri Jaskin. Yaskin. Dimitri Yaskin, not Jaskin. Uh, 63 points, 31 goals uh, in 58 games for Dynamo Moscow. Eight, eight points in 37 games for the Caps last season. Uh, and unfortunately for him, he was on the Blues in 2017-18. That's where he came up, uh, brought up. He was drafted by the Blues back in 2011. Uh, and then went from the Blues to the Caps for 2018-19. So the dude was just all around possibly getting a cup and just picked the wrong team both years. And, uh, you know, well, suck it, Dimitri. Uh, but also uh, a very nice amount of points, 69 points in 303 NHL games. Nice. Also, I wanted to bring this up because I wanted to talk about this guy real quick. Uh, the best goal in the KHL, Tamir Bilyalov. Again, don't it, you don't know. It's just a random goalie. But... 943 save percentage in 32 games this year. The second best goalie in the KHL at a 937 save percentage. Uh, he's a 25-year-old undrafted goalie. And just looking at the the numbers he's posted throughout his career, I I think the Flyers should look at this guy a little bit and maybe pick up another Bob uh, because it looks like he's just had solid seasons his entire career. And I didn't really see any numbers that were below like 920. And he's been in, playing in the KHL for a couple seasons, and I'm not even sure where he played his junior hockey at, but may as well just add him to the pipeline. You're just asking for goalie controversies. I want I want goalie controversies. I want contract. I want this guy. I want Ben Myers. I want I like to collect all the random players that weren't drafted and out there just killing it in other leagues because usually those players come over and then we have to deal with them in their pan in the ass so uh the alexei sharapanov award for best rookie goes to a guy named artem galimov uh he is a he's eligible to be drafted this year in the nhl draft he's 20 he has 13 goals and 10 helpers for 23 points in 55 games for akbar's kazan oh admiral akbar's the admiral <laughs> the top... <laughs> top troika apparently is the best line that's what they call it uh andre Pettersson, Shipachev, and Jaskin. top troika <laughs> Goodbye for thirty. I'm going to start goals. referring to whatever line Drew is on as Top Troika. I, you know, I, I think I'm down with that. Folks, we Top Troika's that. back out there, and <laughs> Claude Giroux is raring to go. Uh, what was it? So it'll be, uh, yeah. So well, whatever Giroux, Victorian connecting. I want to hear Bill Clement say Top Troika. Well, JJ, as I like to call it, Top Troika, is out there. <laughs> yeah, he would say, and he would say the part as I like to say. 
that that's a very Bill Clement thing. That's how he would <laughs> very much it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Andre Patterson, though, since we talked about the other two nuts on that line, uh, he was a center's pick back in 2008. He was a fourth rounder who only played one game in the NHL, uh, came with the centers back in 2011-12. And then uh, last but not least, especially not least, uh, the Zergay Gimayoff prize for the best veteran player or coach, Alexander Semen. Alexander Semen. 36-year-old Alexander Semen had 38 points, uh, 18 of which were goals in 50 games this year as Hell captain yeah. of Vityas Podolsk. Alexander Semen is 36, year old, 36 years old. It's gross. That doesn't, I mean, I, I remember when he was in the NHL and not 36, and I can't believe he's 36 years old. Like, it just doesn't feel like he should be uh, should be that old, but that's how time works, Steve. You know, you get older, you, you increase your age by one year every single year. It's pretty crazy. As a crazy. 36 year old, I can relate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's uh. You oh yeah, you're old I, as Alexander Semen. Yeah, I'm as old as Alexander Semen. Yes, I'm a young spry thirty. You know, I just turned. I just got. I'm old my 30s. enough to remember making jokes about his name sounding like, yeah, you know. <laughs> like something else. Yeah, like what? Complete the joke. I don't even know what you're going for here. What? What does his name sound like? You see, Craig, when a man <laughs> feels sexual feelings. <laughs> okay, all right, we're done. <laughs> I wonder if uh, I hope the captures draft other similar names or other names that would insinuate something like uh they, they draft like barry load or like uh tommy jizz or something you know something like that that's what i'm Jesus. looking for so. <laughs> you hit you took a sledgehammer to that Zero to 100 oh my god i i will say though you got me very close to doing a spit take there like i decided this is a good time to take a drink of water and you nope did, you did barry load and i i almost spit water all over my microphone Barry Load is like uh, Load is within reason that that could potentially be somebody's name. Like it would, I don't know. You know, the other one is definitely not going to happen. But anyway, uh, I get. I mean, we do have a batch update. It's not. It's not a great one. Uh, it's, it is and, not a uh, great one. It's and... not a good one at all. Uh, so apparently, uh, Hannah Brown, who I believe was the Bachelorette during the season that we started up the batch update. I just assume uh, all the Bachelorettes are named Hannah. I I think yeah they're all Alabama Hannah or whatever aren't they? Alabama that's in my mind. Hannah. So that's uh but apparently she had posted a Instagram live video where she was singing a song and the song featured uh, the N word and she sang it and then laughed mm. about it and then received you know the deserved blowback and everything and I don't believe she's issued an apology. So we would like to say we like doing the batch update. But we weren't. Uh, this is not. We don't approve of this. Obviously, this is. Uh, this is no bueno. This was. Oh God! I forgot some... who directed this. Uh, who sent this our way? I'll give you a shout out next week, I guess. But it was. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it is a batch update. You guys are looking for batch. It's not the one we wanted to give you, but it, it really is. Has it's some going on batch up. On the batch batch here. Oh yeah. I mean, well, yeah. I would expect that not a lot of uh, you know Valley's Victorian are going on that show to find love. You know, <laughs> I imagine it's. Uh, a lot, of, a lot of idiots on that fucking show, as illustrated by this. A lot of dum-dums. When's so, he uh, getting us our update on The Bachelor, like, Sing to Me or whatever it is? Oh, he, or... he texted me He texted me that he was thinking about doing that, and then the next day he was like, yeah, I can't do this. <laughs> so <laughs> apparently apparently it's just like, I, I think it's just like some kind of karaoke. I don't know. I'm not looking into it. I'm fine with, I'm fine with We Get War with The Bachelor. They once we return to normalcy as a society, it will be our benchmark for uh, 
victory and our ability to fight through all this. You know, that'll be our reward is to read about Hannah Brown being a fucking idiot or somebody else being an idiot on that show. So uh, until then, let's talk about what I've been wanting to talk about all night. And I wish we had just done the podcast on this because Steve, I, you know, I've known about this band for a while because, you know, I was a kid and I did end up going to this restaurant, but I didn't know the name of them and I didn't know any of the characters names in the band and finding them out today was 100% worth it. And you're, of course, talking, what I'm about, talking Twisted about Sister. Twisted D. Snyder, number one, you know, number one on the charts, number one in your hearts. Uh, but no, what you're I'm talking gonna about take it is... anymore. <laughs> I'll tell you what Chuck E. Cheese wasn't taking anymore was people not buying their pizza. So what they did was apparently on uh, apps like Grubhub or DoorDash or whatever the hell you order you know, food from. They changed their name from Chuck E. Cheese's to try and sell their pizza to make money to Pasquale's. They passed themselves off as Pasquale's Pizzeria, and people bought it, and then somebody caught it, on. It sounds it legit. Chuck like, E. Cheese. Yeah, if I was just scrolling through legit. Grubhub and I saw Pasquale, Pasquale's, I'd be like, yeah, it sounds like a pizza place. Oh, Pasquale. Okay, Pasquale's. Yeah. So, uh, and I, one of my friends told me about this last week. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I don't. don't I, I actually don't. It could be Pasquale's. I don't know. I I have not heard of this to this point. I mean, I'm just I'm just gonna put it out there. Until anyway. I hear a At podcast point, investigation on this, I won't know the proper pronunciation. If that that's also also if you've been listening to Fly Purple for the last ten years now or whatever, you should know that we don't know how to. I especially don't know how to say anything. So if this is gonna shock you or knock you off. Adam Shipach. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say the Dimitri Askin thing just happened. So, uh, and uh, yeah, one of my buddies told me about this last week too, and I just thought, you know, whatever. And then a bunch of people were tweeting about it like this week. And we're pretty, you know, it was it's fucking hilarious. I just think it's funny that Chuck E. Cheese is out there, you know, still trying to. I just think it's funny. Like this is their sneaky way of still getting people pizza. And apparently, Applebee's did the same type of thing. People caught on to Applebee's in some areas was listing themselves as neighborhood wings and getting people to order wings from Applebee's. <laughs> so like all like these are fucking power moves from some of these com- companies. Neighborhood but... wings. <laughs> I don't know why, but neighborhood wings is neighborhood. very funny to me because like at least Pascal's Pascal's like sounds like legit. Neighborhood wings yeah, like, sounds were... fake as shit. Yeah, like if you're just walking on like walking on a street in the city and you saw, you know, a pizza place named that, you'd be like, all right. That sound, or like you just saw that on a listing, you'd be like, okay, that sounds oh, real. There it is, neighborhood, neighborhood wings. fucking wings. Two two fifteen <laughs> South Fifteenth Street, Philadelphia, PA. And uh, if I go to two one five South Fifteenth Street, uh, please tell me it's Applebee's. <laughs> oh, that's a hundred percent where the Applebee's is. Yeah, yeah, it's Applebee's. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, man. They don't even, like, hide the address. That's amazing. That really is. Yeah, I was going to say, that is kind of funny. Because I always walk by, I walk by this Applebee's when I go to good bars in that neighborhood, like Jose Pistola's, and Mm -hmm. I always go, who the hell's going to Applebee's here? (laughs) Neighborhood Wings has seven ratings. Uh, They have an average of three and a half stars. Let's look at the reviews. Somebody's had to have said it's just Applebee's. Terry, the chicken was well prepared. Just a few items, missing celery ranch sauce and a cup of ice. (laughs) Emily, and make note this is not my Emily. Uh, The wings just weren't that good. And from Applebee's, which is not where I thought I was ordering from. (laughs) 
There you go. <laughs> Patrick says, this is just Applebee's. Don't be tricked into thinking it's a local business. And Yvette said the delivery was punctual. It was the food that wasn't great. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, first of all, Steve, that's got me thinking. Should we rebrand real quick? Should we just tell, should we keep just doing Fly Purbly, but then we upload it as the Joe Rogan podcast or like W2F with Mark Maron? Like we should just label it with the Joe Rogan podcast. No, no, I'm at any big podcast. I know. That's, I, what about WTF? Yeah, yeah, we can, no. we can rebrand as WTF. Or, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Yeah, we'll go there. Yeah, or Serial. We'll just say it was Serial and then tell everybody they put out new episodes of Serial and see yeah, if they'll we'll go back to that. Yeah, add some, one. some like quirky <laughs> piano music to the beginning and we're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> We're good to go. Dun, dun, uh, dun, so dun, my, I, uh, I have to give some respect to Chuck E. Cheese. This is a power move. I really appreciate it. And you know what? As a kid, I fucking love Chuck E. Cheese pizza. And there's no way to get it as an adult. So good. Give adults yeah. a way to get that without having to like kidnap a child, bring them in, say, go play in the ball pit. I'm eating some goddamn pizza. <laughs> I really, I think to me, it's just the angle of like, this is a... This is you a know, real business that's going out of their way. Say, well, you know, let's just trick people into making money. <laughs> exactly. And of all businesses, I think it's fucking hilarious that it's Chuck E. Cheese doing it. I think like, Chuck E. Cheese you know. is like, I kind of respect Chuck E. Cheese for doing this because they are like, it's a kid's, enjoy, like a kid's Dave and Buster's thing. You know, like it's, yeah. it's clearly a children's restaurant and experience zone or whatever uh, the hell you so... want. But like Applebee's is a straight up restaurant that is just that's just sad for Applebee's. For Chuck E. Cheese, it's funny. Yeah. For Applebee's, it's very sad. So did you did you guys have Discovery? Was Discovery Zone up here in PA, like yeah. Philly? Yeah. You know, okay, because we I didn't know if that was just like a, a thing down in Maryland, but I they've had to have gone on business. Sahara right? Sam's, which would later also become like a water park, but when I was a kid, it was like a very Discovery Zone kind of like you know you have all the the what do they call those things like the play places like the the tubes and stuff oh i i know what you mean i i don't know like i discovery zone is what i call it. i know i know what you're talking about the but tubes. i don't know what you would uh a, i mean playground ball pit i don't know ball pit i think when you say ball pit people i imagine I, i'm talking specifically about the series of tubes yeah that's what i i, I don't know that i couldn't tell you the tubes the tubes yeah, you say the tubes, people know what you're saying. We'll just call them the tubes. You know, one in a that's million girls. That's the podcast, the, the tubes. <laughs> the tubes. <laughs> that's where this podcast is heading, down the tubes. You know what I'm saying? Good night, Anyway, the main thing is, I, I mean, the whole thing with Chuck E. Cheese, the other aspect was, it got me thinking about their stupid fucking band. Because apparently, uh, Pasquale, or whatever, you know, uh, was a was one of the names of the uh, animals in the band, like the uh, animatronic band or whatever, like the make-believe band that they had going on there. Uh, and I looked up all the names of the members in there, and they are all fucking gold, Steve. So I'm going to run through them now, because I was dying earlier. You ready? I'm excited. <laughs> uh, on bass and vocals, uh, Billy Bob Broccoli, spelled B-R-O-C-K-A-L-I. Uh, he's a ginormous brown bear, so he's on the vocals for you. Wonderful. And the bass, pulling off a little less Claypool. He's Chuck E. Cheese's Coles Claypool. Uh, Looney Bird on vocals, uh, just the bird that looks like uh, Nightmare Fuel. Duke LaRue on drums and vocals. Hell who yes. looks? Can you look up Duke LaRue? Cause Duke he, to LaRue me... sounds like he's in a legit jazz band. <laughs> he, that, and also, he looks like a dog that is about 
seven to eight like hits into the, yeah, he into, looks like, the electric medics. Like he looks fucking wrecked. Yeah, so good for him. He would uh, fit right fat... in in electric mayhem. <laughs> uh, next to Duke Larue is Fat Geronimo on keyboards and vocals. Uh, he's a gorilla wearing a bow tie, so you'll fat notice. Fat Geronimo him. also sounds like he's in a jazz band. <laughs> Uh, you please look up all these characters. Like, Fat Geronimo just looks hilarious to me because he's just. Uh, that's a fucking. Yeah. Just a girl wearing a bow tie. It's like, fat it doesn't get. F A T Z. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Beach Bear on guitar slash vocals. A bear that evidently, in my opinion, has been hanging out with Duke LaRue too much. If you look at him, uh, I think he's been hitting the uh, electric glass a little bit too much, too, there. Uh, my favorite name <laughs> out of the bunch, though. My favorite name, uh, Mitzi Mozzarella on vocals, the only female of the uh, group. She's a mouse and uh, also there for just, you know, uh, I guess the sex appeal of the group. And then last but not least is the comedy act of Rolf DeWolf and Earl Schmerl. Uh, I don't even know. I don't, I don't know what Earl Schmerl is, but he looks he he looks like too worried about being in a comedy act. His eyes are wide open and he looks like he's just just filled with panic so oh, earl schmerl uh, is a hundred percent like gritty's cousin <laughs> yeah he's, he did kind of look like that yeah for, for people who have watched the wire he's like the ziggy sabaka of the muppet family <laughs> i'll remember that i'll steal that one away so i'll keep that in uh, earl keep that in i would not trust this guy to watch my car for five minutes <laughs> i wouldn't trust any of these he's got like guys. a bushy unibrow that's no good <laughs> None of it's good. None of these things are good. I mean, they all, it's, that band was also, like, just not, it used to, it was the creepiest shit ever. They were just all, they all have that, like, it's all in the eyes. All the eyes were creepy as hell. And those blinks, they were really long blinks, and they blinked, like, once every three minutes. It was terrifying. The only time you ever noticed them was when you would come down from your sugar and caffeine high from pounding Cokes, and just, yeah, you would, like, you'd be sitting there, like, chowing down some pizza so you get back to the arcade yep. games and then just like and you look up and go what the fuck is going on <laughs> why are these animals jamming out first of all why are these animals organizing and creating some of the fucking filthiest music I've ever heard in my life and secondly why are they all scaring the shit out of me you think they'd be a little friendlier but anyway uh, so that's I mean I just wanted to talk about that because that made me laugh a lot whereas the, uh, the band which was I think called the Oh my god! It was like the Rock of Fire experiment or something. It was something right really here. Rock, Rock of Fire oh, explosion. Explosion. That's what it is. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, check them out. I think they should be on tour again. It's Chuck E. Cheese, so watch out. They might be trying to sell you like journey tickets, and then you're going to get the Rock of Fire explosion. So just be aware of that. But that's uh... journey <laughs> with the Rock of Fire explosion <laughs> at Parks Casino this Friday. <laughs> honestly honestly though how far away are we from parks hosting the rock of fire explosion i feel like i see like fucking boss gags or like the fabulous thunderbirds or all these fucking random 80s bands there like every other week so the rock of fire explosion probably isn't that far away but i did want to make a, a solid point that if chuck e cheese wanted to promote the rock of fire explosion and put them on tour playing journeys cat like discography i'm listening like I might, I might throw that a couple bucks. I can picture I this too easily. <laughs> you picture it's just very stilted, like just hanging out with side two, to side movements, and just don't stop. <laughs> don't stop eating our pizza is what they're singing. Don't so. stop, you're eating. 
pepperoni pizza. <laughs> Side of fries <laughs> and a Coke. <laughs> I hope, oh God, I hope somebody in Journey listens to this. I, I don't think Steve Perry does, but I'm hoping somebody else in that band is Friend of the show, Steve Perry, that. 100% listens. <laughs> Steve Perry. Uh, I just think of the basketball, basketball reference for, uh, with that shit. So, anyway, around the league, Steve. And, right? I mean, we got, we're moving on here. We're wrapping this stuff up. We're getting, I mean. Uh, so, uh, around the league, Caps and Hershey Bears have extended their affiliation agreement through 2023 24. Mikel Bakker has signed a deal with HC Lugano in the NLA, Switzerland's top league. Uh, he had four points in 20 games this year with the Senators. I was uh, going to say very Italian, but I decided. Uh, well, then you said it was Switzerland, so it's, it's not Italian. <laughs> Lugano. Uh, 2020 draft prospect Marco Rossi uh, won the Red Tilson Trophy for being voted the OHL's most outstanding player. Uh, he's a center who had 120 points in 56 games for the Ottawa 67s this year. That's a lot. Projected to be, yeah, it's a couple points. You know, average number of points a game isn't bad. Uh, projected to be a top 10 pick, maybe even a top five pick. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's a decent chance he could be the top. If he goes top five or he gets top four, it'll be the highest drafted Austrian ever. Thomas Vanek went fifth overall to Buffalo in 2003. Michael Grabner went 14th overall in Vancouver in 2006. So it looks like. Sounds like there's a pretty good chance he'll be the second highest, like highest uh, drafted Austrian ever. It might be first. So uh, Pittsburgh owners Mary Lemieux and Ron Burke are each contributing 100k to help high mark health in University of Pitt medical centers. And then last but not least, I was going to say on that note, it's uh, it's good to see yeah, number one great cause, uh, really good news that they're doing that. Yeah. But on a joking note, uh, they've come a long <laughs> way from Kansas City because let's never forget. The Pittsburgh Penguins came very close to moving to Fair. Kansas City because nobody cared about their shitty hockey team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm sure, I'm sure Mario was just, you know, just having a dinner out in Kansas City. I'm sure that's what it was. Yeah, buddy. But you know, best best fans oh. in the NHL, clearly. Like, passionate fans. Thanks, Forbes. Uh, I do, but no, seriously, do, uh, you know, great, great, classy boot by Mario Lemieux and Rob Burke. I did like the uh, I do like the on a serious note and a joking note. I feel like that could be just fly perfectly in a nutshell if we wanted to do it with every single topic. Just and on a joking note, if we can make fun of this now. And on a joking quick. note, I want Scott Stevens to be locked up in prison for the rest of his life. There you go. I also real quick. This isn't related to around the league, but I did also want to uh, let everybody know that uh, last Friday, uh, my uh, my godson Raphael turned one. So he is now one year old. He's one years old and a week. So 53 weeks old. Uh, and uh, he's gotten pretty big and he's got a whole head of hair. I'm pretty jealous. Then uh, he's going to grow up, be uh, smart and brilliant and strong and all this stuff. So, but one year down uh, and yeah, just wanted to uh, give him a shout out. So there you go. Happy birthday. Don't become a Flyers fan. Don't. Yeah, I know. And I told Mike that I was going to really lean into that and make him a Flyers fan, but it's kind of like, I'm not going to have any leg to stand on. I mean, you know, that that's a Caps household, and they've recently won a Stanley Cup. So, like, what 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 am I going to be able to offer him? Yeah, to become a Flyers fan, it's going to be it's going to be some tough sledding. But I'm going to keep I'm sending a little with my my ten greatest Flyers games DVD, and most of the <laughs> most of these games come in playoff series that they ended up not make not winning the cup. <laughs> God, that's there's two cup that's wins true. and one game where they drive the Soviet Red Army team out of the stadium. But that's yeah. The rest of it is playoff wins where they would not win the cup eventually. (laughs) 
Ah, shit. Yeah, so that's, uh, there you go. That is around the lake. Well, so we are, yeah. that's all we got then. That's it. That's it. It's over. Go home. Why are you still here? Folks, <laughs> thank you so much. Ferris for Bueller, Ross. I, <laughs> thank you for getting the reference. That's good. Uh, that's all we got. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any feedback for us, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. Yeah, I am working on for Underdog Week. Uh, and again, I don't know if I'm going to get out today, but I'm going to send it in either tonight or tomorrow and it'll be on the website eventually uh the uh top undrafted flyers ever so just the players who were some of the best flyers ever who weren't went undrafted and then were able to work their way up through the minor league so uh that and then uh still gonna a couple of the article articles i talked about last time i'll just push off the next week you know what i do this is what i do so yep yep Doing Craig stuff and Doing Craig stuff. for Underdog Week, I of course am photoshopping every flyer uh, onto Underdog the cartoon character, <laughs> so that'll be out any year now. I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to hold you to it. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> I still work a full time job in the day. I don't have time for yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know. I have a job. I'm going to brag. Brag time. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow me at Flyperbly or at Estee Bomb, but for your hockey needs, make it Flyperbly. Be sure to check out Flyperbly under Quarantine, the one-topic show we have been doing early in the week. Uh, this week we had a lot of fun talking about famous NHL, or not famous NHL, but Flyers rivalries, and uh, always good to talk rivalries. Yeah, and we got, uh, I didn't tell you this, Steve, but we did get some uh, some good some good fuck ideas from uh, some listeners of the show, uh, and they I'll throw them at you after this, but I think we might have the next couple weeks lined up. So pretty excited about that. Yeah. Good news, everybody. Well, <laughs> follow Five Harbourly, follow Esteban, follow Sports or Bad, follow BSH Radio, follow Broad Street Hockey, like Broad Street Hockey on Facebook. All right. That's all I got. Wash your damn hands. Stay inside if you can. I know it's Memorial Day weekend and I know it's tough, but please, quarantine, please. And wash your damn hands. I cannot stress that enough. And that's all we got. In the words of Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Hello everybody, this is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things. Like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell. And Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah!